Yeah. Welcome to my favorite haunting, the podcast. I'm Mel. I'm Ames. It's episode 51. Yeah. Our first one back from that super ultra long COVID hiatus. Yeah, because um, life. <laughs> Pandemic. That too. Apocalypse. Everything. End of the world. And we're back just in time for Halloween. Oh, yes. Halloween. Halloween. My favorite holiday. Hollow month. It's my favorite holiday. I've been Halloween since October 1st. It's very exciting. (laughs) Uh, And I'm very, very upset. Way back in April, (laughs) there was a meme going around. Or maybe it was like a photo of a tweet. I don't know. But something was making the rounds on social media of... This Halloween is on a Saturday night mm-hmm. on daylight savings <laughs> on a full moon. Do not fuck this up. And what did America do? <laughs> we fucked it up. Yes. I don't like saying we in there because. No, we, we didn't. We, Personally, we did not do anything. Two of us have not contributed to the fuck up. No, we, we kept on yelling at the president, but he didn't hear us. Yeah. So I apologize on behalf of, well, our people. Uh, as as we'll get into more detail in a little bit, but this is not the first time we ha- we have fucked up a pandemic, a global pandemic. We as in the United States. Yes. Okay. I I, I was gonna say us personally. I we personally didn't do anything. Have <laughs> definitely. I I sell myself short a lot. Like I always like err on the side of like I did something wrong. Mm-hmm. No no no. I am damn sure doing my part. Oh yeah. To end this shit. <laughs> yes, we are doing everything we can possibly do there's, here you know what there's the apple added a hand wash app to the the apple watch good and job apple I, I mean it well it senses when i'm washing my hands and it times it and there's well, you're not on the, the the medias but i i posted i took the liberty of making a post for for our <laughs> i don't <laughs> care it mind but it's like a little a bubble hand giving a thumbs up so and then like <laughs> As it counts down, it's like a timer and it's like the numbers are made out of bubbles. Cool. And it just counts down. (laughs) But I didn't realize this and my watch updated and it apparently added itself and turned itself on without asking me about it. So I'm washing my hands and um, all of a sudden I feel it like tap my wrist and I look down and I see these like bubble numbers counting down and I'm like, what, what's this? And uh, it counts down 20 seconds. And then it tells you good job. And if you wash your hands for 19 seconds instead of 20, or it doesn't register right away that you're washing your hands, oh. <laughs> it gives you a little lecture about oh. why hand washing is important. Or if it thinks you're washing your hands when you're not and you don't realize <laughs> that it turned on. <laughs> and then you look down later and it's like on the screen of like, it's important to wash your hands for a full 20. Like, motherfucker, I was not even by the sink. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> so you can stop it if it like comes on on accident yeah if okay you, yeah I, i've caught it a couple of times and there's a cancel like i'm not washing my hands don't because i'm like i don't know is it like recording statistics and then i'm gonna get like a 95 percent like no motherfucker it's 110 percent. i scrub these things like this is why my knuckles are cracking already because <laughs> all i do is wash my hands in the middle of baking you're brushing flour off your hands and it thinks you're washing them <laughs> that's exactly what happens though that's exactly what happens and then it also one good really good thing about it though is that uh if you have your location services turned on mm-hmm. when you come home if you don't wash your hands within 20 minutes of it registering on your home wi-fi network mm-hmm. it will remind you 
You just came in from a foreign place. You need to wash your hands. <laughs> you don't know where those other people have been. <laughs> yeah. That is true. Oh, my God. So, so much shit going on in our country, but uh, I think we won't, we're not going to get into that because that's just not. Have you voted yet? No. I was. The polls are open here. Yeah. I was going to go on voting day. No. Okay. I shouldn't. <laughs> the look on your face was like that was. Why like, didn't you vote early? early? I didn't think about it. You can still go. They're open till through Sunday. Why I think the only places that it's showing is in in the city. I don't want to go to the city. Really? Well, I'm, oh, I'm Monroe County. Because yeah, that's right. I forgot you're in Monroe County. Yeah, it gave me Victor, Canada, or Geneva. Oh, lucky! <laughs> like yeah, places it was, like, you know. Spread out. <laughs> Well, it's places you know, though. Yeah. Well, and I have options, so. Uh, but all of them, like, say, Rochester, New York, after the addresses, so. Yeah, but Rochester, there's, I know that there's places that say Rochester, but they're not really. Like, I know. It's probably, like, Greece and Gates and stuff like that, but. Gates is right here. Go to Gates. I, I know where the voter place is here, though. It's right, right around the corner. Okay, well, make sure you go. I voted uh, Tuesday, two days ago. I was going to go on Saturday, but I overslept. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was the night of the the mouse running around all no. night. That's, <laughs> that was up until fucking 5 a.m. The cat's chasing a fucking mouse around the house. <laughs> and those little bastards are fucking like the cats, not the mouse. <laughs> they're fucking loud when they run especially in that house man like it sounds like a herd of elephants like it's ridiculous so there was no sleeping that night until i caught that little thing and put it outside <laughs> anyway where were we going oh, um yes vote but, yes. vote early well by the time anyone hears this early voting will almost be over but if you can so speaking of uh pandemics yes and us fucking it up for the entire world. <laughs> when I said this isn't the first time, I oh, was very yes. surprised. Oh yeah, I yeah I got yeah I got that information too, and I was like, oh. I'm like it's like looking into uh, like is are these headlines from today or a hundred years ago? I don't know because they fit <laughs> both. It's like we learned nothing. Okay, mm -hmm. so it, I I have to credit. I'm pretty sure it was Andy, friend Andy. Uh, if it wasn't, I'm sorry, but I'm pretty sure it was him who suggested, hey, when you come back for your podcast, you should do a plague theme. Ooh. Uh, and I was like, ooh, that sounds fun. And I first tried researching uh, bubonic plague. Yeah. <laughs> uh, lots of information. Not a lot of really, like, a lot of creepy stories, but not a lot of actual haunting haunting places haunted places not a lot of actual hauntings attributed to specifically to oh the black like the black death like one of the most promising things i found though which was creepy as fuck are the the plague pits in london oh they're nice. called plague pits very catchy uh it, it makes me want to support them like yeah plague pits all right when they were digging out for the london underground mm -hmm. uh uh they kept coming across these plague pits, which were literal uh, pits that, mm -hmm. that because there were so many bodies and they were highly contagious. 
and they didn't know how this thing spread. Mm -hmm. So they would just dump them into holes. When they were digging out the tunnels for the London Underground, they kept coming upon these. Yeah. Yeah. And they were like obstacles. So like one of the theories is, and it's not officially confirmed, but it's a widely believed theory that uh, if you look at a map of the London subway system, it kind of does weird things. Mm -hmm. And that theory is that because those plague pits were just so big, they couldn't go through them. So they went around them. Ah. So when you're riding the train in London, you might be passing like a pile of hundreds of bodies that have been there for. So if you suddenly go around a curve for no reason. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, wait a minute. We could have just done this in a straight line. Why is this ride taking 20 minutes when it could take five? Oh, because we're going through a maze of plague pits. Okay. Um, And there were a couple one-off stories like that sounded good, but nothing super substantial. So uh, just focused on the the last pandemic from 1918 and learned a lot. Yeah. Uh, but also not because it's essentially exactly the same thing that's happening present day. So it's kind of just like, yeah, well, yeah, you read the stuff and then you're like, uh, no, duh. (laughs) How, yeah. How did we not? And like back then they had the excuse because they didn't even know what viruses were. They didn't. Yeah. They didn't know. It took them a long time to figure out. And then they didn't even end up, uh, it just kind of went away. Mm -hmm. Like they had three waves and, uh, I think it was three waves and um, it just faded out. It didn't come back again. Yeah, probably mutated itself into like, like not so deadly. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it just, it's so crazy because it, it's like, so it was 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. started in 1918. Um, they called it the Spanish flu, but it did not originate in Spain. No, it did not. <laughs> it's, they're actually not 100% on where it originated, but I think we can... I mean, I've I've got some some tasty info that can lead you to reasonably conclude that it, it it's all our fault. <laughs> Not our fault. It's a so okay. I'll get there. I'm getting ahead of myself. So, hundred years ago, from 1918 to to 1920, I almost said 2020. <laughs> uh, I mean the anti mask stuff mm-hmm. and like the like how we have like COVID parties. They had like Spanish flu parties. Like it was, it's like the, it's when I say it's like looking at today, but like in older newspapers, like Mm -hmm. it's, it's exactly the same. I, so president Woodrow Wilson ran a campaign of misinformation. He, uh, strongly encouraged Congress to pass an act that made it a crime to uh, publish or publicly state essentially anything negative about the pandemic. Oh, my goodness. Uh-huh. Which, I mean, what do you think this guy's trying to do now? Uh-huh. So, it, like, it's, like, exactly, like, it's crazy. We have learned nothing. We've learned nothing. So, I mean, take, I, mean, <laughs> I feel like, you know, take it as a, if you're not going to believe the stuff that's going on, which I don't think any of our, I mean, we've established our views pretty clearly at this point. Mm-hmm. If there's anybody listening, who's not, you know, on board with this, I, I don't know what to tell you, but I 
like we believe in science here so (laughs) (laughs) science and ghosts ghost science uh all the sciences don't know many of them but we believe (laughs) in them so um i mean i guess if you're gonna say it's a hoax you're not gonna wear a mask you're not gonna wash your hands or take precautions it can't happen to you or whatever you know like just look do a Google search of 1918 and like, look at what was going on back then. It's the exact same thing. And if you're running out there today, maybe we'll be telling your story tomorrow mm-hmm. on our yeah. ghost podcast because you'll be a ghost because you'll have died because you didn't wash your hands. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, that's a really, a really bad like reason for death died. Because he didn't wash his hands. Didn't wash his hands. <laughs> I mean, I'm, you know, whose headstones are going to have, like, it's a hoax on it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, getting off topic a little bit. So back to the story. So, um, yeah, so um, Spanish flu pandemic, 1918 or 1920, the pandemic back then, it lasted 15 months. It killed somewhere between 50 and 100 million people worldwide. We'll never know the actual number just because it was 1918 and record keeping is not what it is today, you know. Um, But somewhere between 50 and 100 million people worldwide, uh, 670,000 of those in the U.S. Mm -hmm. alone. Um, I mean, needless deaths. Uh, But like, you know, like I said, back then... They were still learning about these things. Like they didn't know. Weren't they still prescribing like heroin as like a cough syrup or something? I mean, that's that's a hyperbole, but something crazy like cocaine you could get at a pharmacy, like yeah, like um, or in a bottle of Coca Cola. I mean, <laughs> I know. <laughs> like uh, one of the things I read was like they just figured out that some bacteria cause people to get sick. Like and they had no idea about viruses. And I mean, it was also very religion heavy back then too, isn't it? Like, well, you're sick because you're a sinner kind of thing. What I th- a lot of people still probably ascribe yeah, to was... that theory today, but I think less so. So, anyways, let me get back on track here. Um, those were the quick uh, the quick numbers. Uh, I did real quick before I get to my actual thing, mm-hmm. which I know everybody loves when I just babble. Uh, I did find one fun story. Uh, no real accounts of hauntings with it, which is why I didn't pick this one. It sounded promising at first, but the, the lost buck trout cemetery in Williamsburg, Virginia. Hmm. So during the Spanish flu pandemic in 1918, Williamsburg, Virginia was so overrun with bodies that the cemeteries were running out of space to bury them. This was common though. This happened all over. They ran out of space. They ran out of caskets, um, uh, families were building boxes to bury loved ones in. Yeah. So according to records kept by Buck Trout Funeral Home, I just love that name, Buck Trout. Mm-hmm. I couldn't decide if I was a deer or a fish, mm-hmm. so I'm both. Um, I think that's the family's name. I shouldn't make fun of, but it's it's really fun to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Buck Trout Funeral Home, uh, it's a historic funeral home business, and it's been uh, in operation since 1759. It's still in operation? Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. It's like the oldest uh, funeral service. Wow. In October of 1918, they buried more bodies in one month than they averaged for an entire year previously. Oh, my goodness. Around that time, Horatio Bucktrout, 
set aside a plot of his farm to use as a cemetery for those who died from the disease. At least 25, but possibly up to 36 people were buried there, including five babies. The cemetery is just a few blocks away from William and Mary College, but you wouldn't know it because in the 70s, the entire area was built over with suburban housing. Oh, nice. Hello, Poltergeist, anybody? Like, have we not <laughs> seen that movie? Oh, the 70s is before Poltergeist. Maybe Poltergeist is based on this. Hmm, maybe. <laughs> like, always move the bodies first. Uh one resident can actually point out the spot in his backyard where three graves are known to lie under the topsoil because the the sinking. Oh. So I guess that guy's never going to have a pool. Not yeah. an in-ground pool anyway. <laughs> um, so that was just a creepy fun factoid that I had been hoping, but there was like one account of something and it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like somebody's house in the area, they see a figure in the hallway sometimes. There's your ghost story. Um, but I mean, just go to kind of illustrate the severity. Mm-hmm. I mean, not too different from today when in Manhattan, we had refrigerated trucks parked outside the hospitals to put the bodies because they didn't fit in the morgue because too many people were dying every day. Okay. So now that we've babbled on forever and ever and ever. So I... I'm going to present to you the haunted history of Fort Riley, Kansas. Ah, that sounds familiar. <laughs> From your research. Uh, one of my favorite things, it's, a, it's an army base. Mm-hmm. I think it's army. Yeah, army. Uh, one of my favorite things about this is that the army's website has an article oh. of, like highlighting a paranormal investigation cool that's a place and i'm like that's kind of rad man like the army is officially like yeah man we're haunted (laughs) what about it so we'll start with the history as we always do uh so from legendsofamerica.com uh fort riley was established in 1852 it was originally called camp center because it was so close to the geographical center of the continental u.s how do they know that in 1852 how do they know where the geographical center of the continental U.S. is? Because they had lots of map makers that liked I mean, making I maps. <laughs> it always blows my mind, though, looking at maps from back then. Like, how did you know that's what it looked like if you can't get up in the air and see it? How do you know that? How do you measure distance without a car with an odometer? <laughs> I don't... <laughs> like, I kept having these thoughts when they're, like, they're talking about, like, horses going so many miles between towns and whatever. Like, but how do you know? You're riding a horse. <laughs> How do you know how far you've gone? Do you like carry like a, a ruler with you and like measure out? <laughs> okay, we've gone six feet now. Like, I don't know. Okay, anyway, I'm sorry. In 1853, the Ford experienced its first epidemic when cholera broke out, taking the lives of up to 125 people in only a few days. Ooh. Cholera is pretty nasty. It's a bacteria that lives in the water. So you get it from contaminated drinking water. Uh, and there's there were a few outbreaks of cholera at this base over the years. Um, so, and that was part of the doing the research. I went down a rabbit hole and I was like, oh, let me learn about cholera. Because <laughs> I always thought it was uh, like coughing or something. Mm-hmm. And it's not. It's like violent diarrhea and you die of dehydration. And like some oh, people die yeah. within hours. Like it's it's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. 
Anyways, uh, coincidentally, 1853 is the year my house was built. So, hey, <laughs> my house is being built while uh, Fort Riley was battling a, a cholera outbreak. So that's kind of fun. Um, <laughs> it's during the Civil War. It served as a POW camp for captured Confederates. So in 1867, they had another outbreak of cholera. And according to the Kansas Historical Quarterly, it hit the U.S. in 1866 in the Northeast first. Mm. NYC, Boston, Philly. And then spread westward. Uh, the outbreak can be traced back to army posts at Governor's Island in New York and Carlisle Barracks in Pennsylvania. From there, it went south and west, eventually following the Mississippi River down to New Orleans, hitting military installations hardest. That's interesting. Yeah, I thought so too. Fast forward to 1918, Camp Funston was a uh, training camp within Fort Riley. Mm-hmm. They had the first cases, the first reported cases of Spanish flu. That's why I have to be careful about the wording a little bit because mm-hmm. it's the first reported. We don't know that it was actually the first cases, but so yeah, it's, it's the first cases. So <laughs> it is believed that the first cases were recorded in Haskell County, Kansas, which is about 300 miles west of Fort Riley and Camp Funston in early 1918, which I believe it was like February-ish, which was like about when Mm -hmm. we started getting cases of covid here Mm -hmm. it's like it's a mirror image it blows my fucking mind with world war one going on and men being drafted recruits from haskell county would have traveled to camp funston for training and it is believed the virus traveled with them the outbreak at camp funston began on march 4th and within a week there were 500 reported cases on base a week wow within a month That number was in the thousands, and 38 soldiers were dead. Uh, I couldn't find a final death count. I'm sure it was more than 38, but that was the only number I could find. But that's the first month I know there there was more than that. Yeah. But 38 is the number I kept coming across. Other seemingly healthy soldiers traveled to other army camps around the country, thereby spreading the virus around the country rapidly. Likewise, wherever U.S. soldiers were deployed overseas because it was World War One, yep. uh, outbreaks were reported in those areas. Fatalities due to the flu were higher than the casualties of the war itself. So most of wow. the soldiers that went off to fight in World War One and died didn't, were not killed like from battle they Mm -hmm. got sick and died um and the other thing with this this flu too which also similar to covid is that of course covid is horrible for anyone who's vulnerable like the elderly Mm -hmm. or um somebody battling another condition that they already have yeah but it still will take like there's been so many cases where it's somebody healthy yeah um and it takes them just as hard and this with the with the 1918 flu it was kind of the first time that they were seeing young healthy people Mm -hmm. being um getting sick and then dying yeah and quickly like Mm -hmm. within days yeah so you know this is (laughs) sorry world as i laugh i mean it's not like a, a a joyful laugh it's kind of like an awkward uncomfortable yeah Oh, sorry. Although this time we're we're closed off from the world, so hopefully our overreaching damage is minimal. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Uh we're hopefully we only hurt ourselves with this, which is still like bullshit, but mm-hmm. you know. So one article from uh 
A-R-C-G-I-S dot com. Arcus? Arcgis. I don't know what the... I don't know. <laughs> uh, but that's the website. But they said... They had an article that said... It's uh, quoting. It's important to remember that it, and by it, the 1918 pandemic, also taught us a great deal how diseases are transmitted among people and the importance of quick action. <laughs> Which it did. And we've all apparently elected to forget or ignore that in the last eight months. Hmm. You know, it's cool. Whatever. That was a hundred years ago. What do they know? Like it, it's just so frustrating because it's like all the information is here. Like all the resources is, are here. Like we've been through this and it's, it's literally like we've learned nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, leadership makes a big difference. I think that's, that's a huge factor. It's, yes. You know, look to your leader to mm-hmm. lead you. And I, we don't have that right now. So we're all kind of on our own. Um, from Smithsonian Magazine, it's still unknown and probably always will be for sure where the 1918 flu originated. But several articles, including this one from Smithsonian, uh, bring attention to the fact that Haskell County lies under a major flight path for 17 different migrating bird species. And that Haskell County farmers, in addition to uh, farming cattle... Also raised hogs. So when, if a bird is carrying a virus Mm -hmm. and a hog is carrying a virus Mm -hmm. and somewhere the twain shall meet, they can combine to form a stronger super virus. Super virus. Yes, exactly. Um, they, they merge and create a new strong, possibly lethal virus that can hop to humans. So it's like, Virus is from a bird, you can't really get that. Virus is from a hog, you can't really get that. But when the two come together, so like the bird shits in a trough and then the, the hog eats it or something, mm-hmm. I guess. I, and then the two, the viruses meet and they merge and they fall in love and live happily ever after and make this... Kill everyone. <laughs> yeah, they make this killer spawn that can then my that can then jump from the hog to humans and then it spreads out. So, I mean, logical to me... Mm-hmm. Makes sense. So that's why I said, like, okay, not really our fault, but the aftermath is kind of our fault. Yeah. <laughs> so given that the first reported cases were in Haskell County, this theory sounds likely, though it will probably never be proven since it was so long ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, science back then isn't what science is today. Yes. Uh, and then some people would say that just science just doesn't matter anywhere. So I, you know, and then I already went over the pandemic lasted 15 months, killed somewhere between 15, hundred million people, blah, blah, blah. And then it had three waves. So the first wave was, I mean, it wasn't great, but it was pretty mild. Went away, came back in the summer, worse. Went away, came back in the fall, mm-hmm. worst. So like, and that was like when you were, t- I don't think we were recording, but when you were, or it's not going to be in here, but when you were talking earlier about like the, in October when it got really bad, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that was like the worst of it was October 1918. So that's, that's our history. Ghosts. That's why we're here. We want to hear about ghosts. Who gives a fuck about history? We don't need history. What are we going to do? Learn from it? Come on. Uh, apparently not. <laughs> So from legendsofamerica.com, well, first and foremost, there's lots and lots and lots of limestone in the area. Hmm. Uh, Several buildings still standing are made from it. Mm -hmm. And we all know what limestone does, right? Limestone 
is uh, it, it kind of acts as like a recording device. So you find when you have residual hauntings, you mm-hmm. oftentimes find limestone either right there or very close by. Mm-hmm. Um, and residual hauntings are the ones that are like playback on a loop, kind of like somebody going about their day like not paying any attention to you as opposed to the intelligent hauntings, which acknowledge you and interact and they're Mm -hmm. aware of what's happening. Just a quick, just in case case somebody doesn't know. So I kind of just did the whole base, even though camp Funston is where the pandemic was centered uh, at the training camps. But um, I just did the whole base because the whole base has stuff. Uh, So first we have um, very simple uh, to start out a woman wrapped in chains Oh, yeah, that's simple. <laughs> be seen walking across the artillery parade field. <laughs> so um, simple. That's it. She's wrapped in chains and she just does her thing. She just walks. Hmm. And then over at the cavalry parade field, there have been reports of a group of soldiers on horseback uh, seen and or heard galloping across uh, the the cavalry parade field. They stop at the intersection of Sheridan and Forsyth Avenues, where Lieutenant Colonel Custer's home once stood. Hmm. Uh, one soldier dismounts. The rest turn and gallop away. Historical theory behind this dates back to 1867 when Custer's house was there. Um but he was off on a military campaign elsewhere. His wife, who by all accounts he loved dearly, apparently, uh, I, I didn't, you know, I mean, back then I feel like that was rare mm-hmm. that, that you actually loved your spouse. Mm-hmm. Um, so the cholera outbreak hit. Oh, yes. So he got word of it and he was terrified for his wife getting sick. Mm-hmm. So he uh, defied orders raced home he got he put together this escort of his best men so he got all his best men together to escort him back to fort riley so he could check on his wife because it's not like he could pick up the the phone and yeah libby are you okay what's going on text her (laughs) carrier pigeon smoke signals whatever so yeah so he like freaked out and was like guys you gotta get me home and you know i don't care fuck this shit and (laughs) they did and uh she was totally fine. He was court-martialed for desertion and suspended for a year. Um, of course. I mean, suspended for a year doesn't even sound that bad, though. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, jail. Yeah. I guess. Prison. Um, desertion? That's a pretty bad... Uh, that's a pretty big charge, I think. I'm pretty sure that's pretty bad. Um, while some witnesses have reported both seeing and hearing this... Uh, the show mm-hmm. most people only either see or hear um, and when they hear them they report the sounds of pounding hoofs voices and a metallic jingle our next stop on our haunted <laughs> army base tour is a house called quarters 124 it's said to be haunted by a woman who drowned herself in a well nearby back in the 1860s a uh, Common occurrence is loud noises, like someone's dragging uh, like a heavy wooden box up and down the stairs. Mm. A coffin, Interesting. Maybe? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> that's what that was. My first thought. I was like, is it a is it a casket? One resident called a priest for an exorcism, which seemed to actually work for a bit until activity started back up again. Oh. Worse. 
So there's like a little bit of a reprieve and then she was like, I'm back, bitches. And, and uh, I brought friends. <laughs> recently, it's been quiet. Mm. So they say. Soldiers on night duty at the number one stable have reported seeing an, a man dressed in old-fashioned clothing ride a horse through the stable and then disappear. Years later, I added that in because I don't actually know how long later, but mm-hmm. sometime later, uh, they were doing some kind of work or renovations or something on the stables, and there's a ravine, like, I, I guess next to it or somewhere close by, mm-hmm. and the workers discovered the skeletons of a horse and its rider. What? Yeah, what the fuck is that? Like, did they fall down the ravine and just, like, who disappeared on horseback? I, wow. There no information on who it may have been or, mm-hmm. like, if they ever even figured that out or how long they'd been there but it just said skeletons so sounds like a long long time there is a fort hospital that has a biomedical room i mean isn't all medical stuff kind of biology so i don't know as a is it biomedical as opposed to like mechanical medical i i don't know i i i'm, I'm being silly I, I have no idea <laughs> i i'm just i'm trying to think Maybe it's, like, where they do, like, testing on, like, diseases or, like, blood work, like blood work or something, stuff, maybe. Like I don't know. Stuff. Could be. I don't know if there's anybody in the medical community listening. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so the biomedical room has this fire alarm that goes off frequently with no obvious cause. Uh, in one instance, it went off eight times the fire marshal was called to come disconnect it which he did and it went off three more times after that wow so that's a thing that happened (laughs) Um, the, the infantry parade field it was once used as a polo field we know what polo is right on the thing on horsebacks with the little clubs and you hit the ball around yeah i know marco polo it's not the same thing (laughs) Um, that's what i grew up playing (laughs) so it used to be a polo field witnesses have reported seeing two men on horseback playing polo that are not actually there any like nobody (laughs) plays polo there anymore um in one case a soldier was crossing the field at night he heard the sounds of the game so he stopped to watch (laughs) the ball was hit in his direction As the riders approached, he noticed one of them had no face, only a grinning skull. Oh, nice. Frozen in terror, (laughs) the soldier just like kind of stares up at him like, what the fuck? (laughs) And the skull then yells at him, leave now while you still can. So the soldier left very, very, very quickly. He ran away. I mean... Skull on horseback was yelling at you, wouldn't you? I probably, that's probably something I wouldn't stick around to like, wait, let me ask you questions. (laughs) Do you miss being alive? What was your favorite food? (laughs) That's kind of how an EVP goes, but not really. (laughs) Can you tell me your name? Uh, As for Camp Funston itself, the training camp within Fort Riley where the, uh, the pandemic started. There is a man dressed in a World War One era uniform, 
that patrols the area where the gymnasium stood back then in 1918. It doesn't specify, but I would think, and this is me, like, what is that? Conjecturing? Postulating? (laughs) Postulating, I think. Postulating? Guessing? I'm just throwing my thoughts out there that maybe. Um, No, but there were so many people sick, they would have run out of room in the hospital. The next logical place to put patients would be the gym. Yeah, because uh, I read about different places doing that. Yep, schools, gyms, uh, like any kind of like big uh, Mm -hmm. area that you could fit cots, kind of. So, I mean, that makes me think and he's in a world war one era uniform so like that time period uh so he just kind of patrols in the area in front of where the gym was back Mm -hmm. then first reported sighting in the 1960s uh was a public works employee was working on down power lines during a snowstorm like near but like across the streeters like like right there Mm -hmm. and so it's snowing there's snow on the ground this guy's fixing the power lines um and he looks up and he sees this dude in this old uniform and he's just kind of pacing back and forth and he's in this heavy wool coat he's got the rifle slung across his shoulder and he's just pacing back and forth so it looks like he's doing like a you know he's whatever he's working he's doing his job Mm -hmm. uh so it's cold it's snowing it's miserable this guy finishes his job he feels bad so he has a thermos of coffee so he's like i'm gonna go share my coffee with that soldier Mm -hmm. he goes over there the soldier's gone not only is the soldier gone, it's snowing, right? Uh-huh. There's snow on the ground. No footprints. No, none of the snow is disturbed. And, like, I know what you're going to say. It's snowing, dumbass. They filled in the footprints. Like, no. Not that quickly. No. And, the, you know, like. And if he's you, pacing, like. Yeah. So there would have been a track worn because as it's snowing, like, he's keeping that snow from. So if anything, there would have still been, like, a depression. Because, yeah. you know, you've walked through snow while it's snowing and you look back. And, like, I've been in, like, heavy snows like that where I look back and, like, oh, my footprints are covered already. But you can still see them there. There's still, yeah. like, the depression. So there was, like, no evidence of anybody having been there at all. Oh, and then my. My my last little factoid is uh, when World War One came to an end, uh, the army and the base saw a dip in personnel because there was no war and also everybody was dying from flu. Um, by 1922, Camp Funston was officially no longer a thing. Um, many of its buildings are still used as temporary housing today, but the training camp itself is no longer not a thing. I'm not done yet, though. Ooh. These were just all of the uh, accounts over the years. I have investigations, too. Ooh. In doing this research, I stumbled across this group from actually via the Army's website. So the Army, the official Army, U.S. Army's website has an article up <laughs> about a ghost investigation that took place on this base. And it, like... I just love that the United States Army is like, yeah, our base is haunted. There's ghosts here. And these ghost investigators came and investigated and there's ghosts. <laughs> like, I just love that that's their stance. Like, thank you for acknowledging ghost science. Mm-hmm. 
Um, that's amazing. Anyway, so through that article, because they talked about the ghost investigation going on, so of course they mentioned the the investigation, the the group, the investigators. Oh my God, what are words? I don't know. So the group that came to investigate is called Old School Paranormal. <laughs> Their website is oldschoolparanormal.com. And on YouTube, they are Old School Paranormal. And the great thing about them is they have all of their videos very easily linked on their website straight oh. to their YouTube channel. <laughs> nice. So, you know, you can actually see what they talk about. You can see them in action. Um, and it's not, like, over heavily edited. Like, so, you know, I love those shows. We, mm-hmm. we both love those shows. All those paranormal shows, except the one. <laughs> the guy's insane. Um, but they're fun. Mm-hmm. It's TV. Yeah. Like, even our beloved ghost hunters, everything is dramatized. It's we know that. television. It's for entertainment. I love to believe that most of it is based in fact, mm-hmm. and they're not, like, completely outrageous scammers. Yeah. Um, but these guys are, like, they're not, uh, they're not heavily edited, and, the, you know, they're very upfront. They have the same view I do about orbs. They're kind of like, yeah, or like this one, the video for this one, they're in the basement and there's some stuff flying around and somebody commented on their YouTube channel like, oh, isn't that an orb at such and such timestamp? And they responded back and they were kind of like, that whole basement was so dusty. <laughs> we're we're not counting anything like as an orb, like orbs are already so sketchy. Yeah. All, so much dust flying around in there. Like, no. So anyway, so this group, Old School Paranormal, so they came and they investigated and they actually came a few times. I'm only going to go over the first time they came and then y'all are free to go. And I encourage you to go (laughs) watch the videos yourself. They're they're pretty good. Um, So they investigated two locations when they were here. They investigated the Custer house, which is not actually Custer's house. Mm. (laughs) His house burnt down a long long time ago. but this house, it's it's currently it's a it's a museum. It's like one of those um, do you call them living museums? You know, like a the the house museum thing, the Genesee Country. Oh, yes, muse- where like you go yeah, and it's living- like set up mm-hmm. like how it would have been in the day and you tour the house. It's like that. So it's like one side of it is that, and the other side, the um, the historical and archaeological society of Fort Riley uses as like their office. Okay. Uh, historical society that was a mouthful <laughs> it's essentially their historical society so it was built from limestone in 1855 it's one of the oldest buildings on site and has been in continual use since it was built so it's been in use that full like going on 200 years 130 no that's not right 170. I was going to say it's minus 30. 165. That's what it is. What's math? I don't know. What are numbers? Time is nothing anymore. (laughs) COVID. Um, Reports include phantom footsteps, glasses of wine drinking themselves. Oh, nice. I guess emptying themselves. (laughs) Drinking themselves. Do they they lift up and turn? Emptying. The the wine disappears. Um, and then they have one of these beds that, like, they fix the covers and everything and then mm-hmm. leave it and come back. And it looks like somebody has lied down on it. Yeah. Laid down on it? Lied? Laid? I don't know. If you have to lie, lie in the arms of someone you love. <laughs> um, the 
fuck is that from? <laughs> I don't know. A 19th century soldier leading casually against the fireplace mantle has been seen. And there is a child ghost thought to have died in one of the cholera outbreaks. They think it's a little boy and he moves the teddy bear around the second floor. From the investigative team, we had Steve, Scott, and Kevin. And you're going to have to bear with me if I messed up anybody's names because they only introduced themselves once. And then oh. they're like, you know, with the infrared and like the different filters on the cameras. Yeah. It's hard to see who's who. So I kind of guessed. <laughs> Unless somebody like called their name, it was kind of difficult to be like, oh, this is. Yeah. Because it just looks like a white guy on camera. <laughs> so it was those three guys, Steve, Scott, and Kevin. And then with them, they had Maggie and Laura from the Historical Society, and then Yasmin, who is a leasing consultant with Corvius. They never explained what that is, so <laughs> I, I'm, I'm guessing a leasing company or something, something to do with real estate. Yeah. <laughs> She's a leasing consultant, right? What do I know? I don't know. Anyways, they did this in November of 2018. So um, they also came back in... Uh, February of 2019 or March of 2019 and February of 2020. So um, those are up on their website and it's super easy. You just click on video, takes you to YouTube and you just watch it. It's great. So we're starting out. They were in the kids room and they're doing EVP. They ask what the, t they're asking a bunch of stuff. They're not really getting anything. And they say, what's the teddy bear's name? And they had the, the ghost box mm -hmm. out. And they immediately get Milton. <laughs> Milton. Milton. I would absolutely name my teddy bear Milton. I mean, I <laughs> named my cat Henry. Why would I not? Never going to remember the name of this thing. But that computer program that picks up and makes the stick figures. Mm -hmm. uh, we remember that, right? We've talked about that a yes. few times on here. So this room was kind of crowded. They had like the rope across. Yes. So, like to not because it's a museum. Mm -hmm. And they have like old shit in there. So... They had like, like a small bed and then they had a bunch of kids toys. There was a rocking horse, the teddy bear. Um, there was a chair with a doll sitting on it. Mm -hmm. um, some other kid shit laying around from <laughs> 18, whatever. Uh, whatever kids did back then. Oh, one of those hoops. You know those wooden hoops? Uh, yeah, with a stick. With the stick. <laughs> you, they have one of those. I saw that thing there and I was like, oh, I know what that does. <laughs> um, it, it's not a hula hoop, but it could be. <laughs> So while they're doing this EVP session, they had the, the, the camera, the stick figure thing pointed. And so as they're doing it, a fucking small little stick figure shows up right next to that chair. Ooh. Like right in front of it. Mm -hmm. And then it's like right behind kind of the rocking horse where they had set the teddy bear. And it's, like, the size of a child. And they're trying to debunk it, and they're like, well, is it the doll? Like, is it picking up the doll that's sitting in the chair? But it's, like, <laughs> because when it when one of them walks in front of it, it picks them up fine and overlays the, like, stick figure over the person. Um, but this, it was, like, it was not in the chair. It was in a different position than the doll was. Mm -hmm. It was, like, a little kid was kind of, like, crouching in front of it, kind of. It was weird. So that happened. Um, so then next door to that is the room with the, the bed that it looks like someone's lying on the mm -hmm. covers. When they entered that room, Yasmin feels, she felt like a cold spot, like around her thighs and it went away like after like a minute or so. 
But all I was thinking with that was, especially they just came from the kids' room mm-hmm. and they got that the the ghost box answer, and then they yes. had a stick figure, and I was like, oh my god, it's the little kid giving her a hug. Oh, I don't know that. That's just my. I know. <laughs> that was my first thought. I was like, he's hugging you. Oh my god. I'm surprised you didn't get creeped out by that thought. Well, I mean, because it's like a sweet kid. You know why? Because we don't see a creepy picture. Yeah. <laughs> of like a like vampire child. So they're in that room, they're doing EVP, and they have the spirit box going. They ask the question, how many people are in this room? And the ghost box answers, five. There were five people in the room. (laughs) The ghost box also said, while they're doing this, it comes out and just says Kevin. Kevin is one of the investigators. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're all like, did that just say Kevin? Did it just say your name? And he's like, (laughs) yeah, sounded like it. Oh, they have this thing. I think it's called a periscope. And it's like I tried Googling it to find it and I couldn't find it online anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm i not sure exactly like all the details about it, but it, it almost looks like a little REM pod. You know, the REM pod with the – it looks like a – it's like a round thing that has the antenna that sticks up and it it's a proximity sensor. So Okay, yeah. Okay, good. I don't have to explain this later, but I – yeah. Because uh, <laughs> it's in my notes. Um, but, yeah, so the REM pod will like – uh, emit like a tone, like a high pitched tone. The closer mm-hmm. something, when it detects somebody close to it, and then the closer you get to it, the louder it gets. Mm-hmm. Um, and you back away, and it quiets. And it's kind of like a, like a beeping. Okay, so it's not like a steady tone. It's kind of like a a broken tone. Uh, so it's like the fur the closer you kind get of to like it, a the, metal detector. Beep beep. Yeah, beep, beep, the beep, closer beep, you beep. get to it, the faster and louder it gets. And then the more you back away from it, it gets quieter and slower. So they had th- they had that, and then they also had this thing they called a periscope, which is it kind of looks like that. It's like a little round thing, mm-hmm. but it has all these. It looks like when it's not on, it looks like a whole bunch of little sticks. That kind of um, let me see if okay, can I describe this? It's like um, they're laid flat on the top, and they go around the surf, and they point outward. I'm trying to like think like what that flower. It's like a flower. Ah, okay. <laughs> but not as pretty. But it's like sticks instead of petals that stick straight out all around the outside. And they're lights. So it will light up and, like, one will light up at a time. Oh, okay. Directional. So it, like, points at whatever. So, like, you could put it in the middle of the room and sit in a circle around it and be like, you know, which one of us, blah, blah, blah. And it'll, like, light up pointing. Oh, okay. Or it'll point, like, in a direction, like. Which way, which wall is your body hidden in? And it'll point like <laughs> at the south wall. So that's a periscope. So when they ask the question, can you give us a sign anybody is here with us? The periscope lit up. From there, they went downstairs. On the first floor, they had like a square area and they got. So when they first started, they did like a walkthrough and got baselines. It was all at zero for EMFs. There, there was nothing. There was nothing going on. So now they're on the first floor and there's like this square area that it was like a square and it covered like two different rooms. Mm -hmm. So like it went through a wall of a seven to eight milligauss reading on the EMF, which is pretty high. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's like the middle. I'm like thinking of the EMF meter. It's like (laughs) the middle and your normal EMF, like if you put it up to like 
the refrigerator is the one that always gets me. If you put it up to the refrigerator, refrigerators give off a hell of a lot of EMF. <laughs> but you have to put that thing like right on the refrigerator. Like you have to be right there. Like your TV, your cell phone, like electronics, um, outlets, light switches. Light switches don't do anything unless they're on, I think. Like when you flip them yeah, on I and then it's so. like, ah, but if you flip it off, it's like, meh. <laughs> so when they did their baseline, it was zero. Mm-hmm. So now they go and they're walking around the first floor with the EMF and it's, at a, that's this square area that covers like a couple of rooms, mm-hmm. it's at a steady seven to eight, which is wow, pretty significant. Like they could not figure out what was generating it. They thought maybe it was something coming from the basement, but there's nothing in the basement. So um, they couldn't figure that out. From there, they went over to the, the area of the Custer house that's used by the historical society, historical and archaeological society of Fort Riley. Uh, I, I I wanted to make like a clever like acron- acronym mm-hmm. is that the word? Uh, but there's there's only one vowel <laughs> those consonants don't make sounds together so I didn't anyways so they go over <laughs> to that area they ask if anybody is in the room with them the ghost box answers back yes how many of us are in this room can you tell us that no <laughs> And then Maggie, who works there, asked, do you know Laura and I? And they got the most enthusiastic. Hi! <laughs> and then I think, I think it was Laura. It might have been Maggie. But one of them asked, is there a female here? And it said yes. Uh, so that was the Custer House of Fort Riley. And then from there, they went to the Triangle House. Triangle House is a duplex. It's currently nobody's – or well, at the time of this, nobody was living there. The – Two girls, Maggie and Laura, though, I think they had a friend that used to live there named Diana. Mm-hmm. She comes up a couple of times when they're like, you know, do you remember? Because they used to go visit her. Like, they yeah. would go over to visit and hang out there. So, And then one of the bedrooms they refer to as, like, Diana's bedroom. And uh, So it's a duplex. Uh, reports here are magazines thrown around the attic. Cleaning staff denied access by a ghost woman. Hmm. And apparently several cleaning staff have, like, just walked out over the years because of whatever incidents and mm-hmm. just don't come back. They're like, nope, I'm done. Just walk <laughs> off the job. I'm done. Uh, horses refuse. Refuse. And you know horses. Like, they're like, if they don't want to do something, they're not going to do it. Refuse to cross in front of the house. They won't. They'll wow. stop and they will not go. And they So they've had to actually create a path that goes around the house that the horses like a longer way to get around it. Wow. Horses can take without seeing the house. That's interesting. Yeah. Isn't that weird? They start off in the basement and they're doing EVP. They have the REM pod out. So the REM pod, we touched on it before detects when something's close. It has this like antenna that sticks up Mm -hmm. and it can sense when something's getting close to it. So they're doing their thing in the basement and it starts beeping. So whoever was in the vicinity, like, backed up from it as much as they could. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't have been recognizing them at all. And instead of slowing down, it sped up. Hmm. So something was getting closer and closer and closer. Um, when they finished in the basement, they headed up to the second floor where they had turned off all the lights when they started. You know, when they, you go around, yeah. you turn baseline, everything, kill all the lights. Diana's bedroom light was on. 
and they went through and double checked with each other like wasn't this light off yeah i turned that light off like one of the guys was like yeah i turned it off like there was nothing on up here mm-hmm. they go upstairs and they're like as they're coming up the stairs they're like there's a light on up there well like how did that happen and that's uh i guess one of the accounts is when people pass by at night and they see the light on but no nobody's living there yeah. like it's, it's a residence but nobody's there so the light shouldn't be on when they were doing evp in that bedroom they all heard uh, they described it as is very faint and it was like circus like music or like <laughs> a jewelry box, like that kind of like tinkling kind of like I, I didn't hear it, but I, I imagine like a something like something jaunty, a jaunty tune, but like that tinkling kind of jewelry box sound they, they couldn't find. There's no jewelry box there. Like they couldn't find any kind of source that it was coming from. When they left the basement, they had left the REM pod down there all by itself. Everybody is upstairs. There's only the six of them. Everybody's upstairs. All of a sudden, they hear it going off. Oh. And they're like, you hear this, like, kind of high-pitched tone? And then, the, like, they all kind of stop. And then one of the guys is like, what is that? That sounds like the REM pod. <laughs> Isn't that in the – that's in the basement. Why is it going off in the basement? No one's down there. So Kevin goes down to investigate – and as he's looking down the stairs, he sees, like, a figure of a person walking by down there. So they all go back down to the basement to investigate again. And Yasmin, she walked into the room that they had originally been in. Mm-hmm. And she heard a growl, like, right next to her. Ooh. Yeah, that's not a good sign. So they all come in, and and so they start doing their thing again, and they ask if whatever's there wants them to leave and the periscope one of the lights lit up and they were like but it wasn't pointing at anything so they started they're kind of like do you want us all to leave or one of us and it starts like the so they light up one at a time and it starts like moving around and then it stops on uh i think it was kevin yeah i'm pretty sure it was kevin still it stopped on him and they were like do you want him to leave and it just like stayed so then he stepped out of the room and it turned off hmm don't like kevin no (laughs) right after that there was another rem pod at the top of the stairs Mm -hmm. that went off that hadn't gone off at all that night and then all of a sudden it went off (laughs) every now everybody is down in the basement in that one room except for kevin who's right outside the room yeah so from there they go to the other side of the duplex and as they walk in they heard a baby cry and like you can hear it on the thing you hear just a baby kind of like <laughs> whatever sounds those things make <laughs> like the one of those like short kind of like Wah. like and that was it they played it back like a couple of times and like you can definitely hear it. it's weird there's no baby there I, that didn't <laughs> I would need hope to be not. said but just in case you weren't clear on that there's no baby in there um in the attic uh it was very warm but i think i didn't write down who this was i'm just gonna i think everybody's just kevin i think everybody (laughs) is kevin because i don't know i'm not sure who is who because they don't always identify themselves uh he kept getting intense cold chills oh this was kevin this definitely was kevin though (laughs) i remember this now because he was like it's so warm up here but i keep getting these like really intense cold chills like Mm -hmm walking through like a cold spot or something. Uh, And then at one point there's this weird sound. It's almost like a breathy whisper. Like it's not really like a word, but it's kind of like a, 
thing. And it's like right in the, it's, it gave me chills. It's creepy. Uh, so the attic is where the magazines were thrown around and also where the cleaning woman was denied. There's like a, a ghost stood on the stairs and wouldn't let her up. <laughs> She's like, you can't come in here. And she's like, but I have to clean. And then the ghost is like, well, you can't come in here. <laughs> that's verbatim, I quoted. I didn't because I know somebody's going to be like, that's not a real quote. Um, <laughs> I made that up. But it was something like that. I don't know what words are exchanged, but I'm sure the cleaning woman kind of probably just like a ghost and like ran away. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that for sure. I'm making stuff up. So Kevin's up in the attic and he asks... Who made a mess of the National Geographic ma- magazines? Followed by like a tap, like a very prominent like. Mm. They and then like I said, they went back uh, March twenty nineteen, February twenty twenty. That you can check out for free on their website, oldschoolparanormal.com. Go to like cases and then scroll down, and then there's all the places they've investigated in alphabetical order. Makes it easy. Yeah, and then there's some private residences and like a couple of museums too that like this is like results confidential so like obviously you can't click on those yeah but they they have a ton that you can watch pretty good um one last account is uh a youtube channel i could not find her name anywhere uh tt3 tv she's a military wife living on base at fort riley with two little boys mm-hmm. and she essentially just documents her life on youtube huh. so she's one of those like this is my day. So it's like watching this video and like cleaning the house and feeding <laughs> your kids. And uh, she's fun though. And uh, her kids are really fucking cute. They're teeny <laughs> tiny little guys. So, but when you're going to watch that video specifically for an uh, accounting of a possible haunting, it 15 minutes is very, very long to uh, <laughs> to watch. Yeah. Anyways, so it, it starts at 1330. She starts telling her story, and it's 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 pretty basic, but it's still, you know, it's an account. Mm-hmm. So she's, like, in the middle of the – she she's in the kids' room, and they're just kind of hanging out, and she's videoing them playing. And mm-hmm. they're little, like, the one's maybe a year less, and the other one is maybe, like, two or three. Like, they're teeny. Mm-hmm. Um, so – the older one is like running around and, you know, jumping on stuff. And then all of a sudden he stops mm-hmm. and looks to the wall and puts his points, his finger and then puts it on the wall and just starts babbling. <laughs> Whatever child speak, mm-hmm. yeah. speaks. And then he's like looking and then he like giggles and then looks at his mother. And then she's <laughs> like, what are you doing? And he's like, blah, 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 and then pointing at the wall. And so then that's when she goes off and she's like, uh, this is a thing that happens. And it's like, <laughs> is it an imaginary friend? Is he just being, but she's like, no, but that's what I thought at first. But it gets weirder. <laughs> like he, just, like his interactions and stuff. But she's like, I'm not worried about it because he's always like happy and giggling and everything. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's anything bad. It's just unnerving to see him just suddenly like stop what he's doing and like look up like he's looking at an adult and start like jabbering. Yeah. So (laughs) that's a thing. And I don't know which house she lives in, which is fine because if she's got to, you know, I wouldn't put my address out there either. So (laughs) yeah, but that's the thing that happens and she discusses it 
uh, for a little bit. So that's TT3TV if you want to look up her story. Oh, and that's it. So that's Fort Riley. Only one account related to a pandemic, but uh, that's what got the ball rolling. So, okay. My turn. It is your turn. So I did co-college in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, specifically a young lady named Helen Roberts. I have some history of the school and a little bit of history on Helen herself. So uh, 1851, Co College was founded by Reverend Williston Jones as the School for the Prophets, as a preparatory school for um, young men that are interested in entering the seminary. A prep school for priests. Basically. (laughs) (laughs) There's a joke there somewhere. It'll come to me. Shortly after he started the school, a farmer, Daniel Coe, encouraged the reverend to um, open an actual campus on Cedar Rapid, in Cedar Rapids because it uh, first it was like in his front parlor where he was teaching these kids. And so Daniel Coe donated $1,500 to the effort to like get a building going for the school with the stipulation that the college would offer education to both men and women. Oh, I like that. Yes. And this was what year? 1851. Oh. And also in 1851, $1,500 in today's money was $73,232,000. Sure. Sure. It was a lot. Yeah. (laughs) In uh, 1853, the Cedar Rapids Collegiate Institute was incorporated by a group of Cedar Rapid leaders chaired by Judge George Green. Why it got incorporated is because it was having financial trouble and it had financial difficulties on and off till 1907. Financial difficulties with that whopping donation of $1,500. I mean, where did that money go? <laughs> Lining somebody's pockets, apparently. <laughs> they kept on running out of funding and stuff like that, like... They had to keep, like, putting on fundraisers and asking rich widows for money and things like that. (laughs) That's where I go for all of my um, financial assistance, too, is the the rich widows. (laughs) So uh, in 1868, the trustees renamed the school Parsons Seminary in a failed attempt to secure the Lewis Parsons Estate to add to their campus. That same year, they built the building, which is now called Old Main, which is one of the oldest buildings on the campus. In 1875, the college was reestablished as the Coe College Institute. It went through a lot of different names. In 1881, after a generous gift from T.M. Sinclair, founder of the Sinclair Meatpacking Company, uh, it was finally founded as Coe College. So in that same year, 1881, Uh, Williston Hall was built, and then in 1900, Marshall Hall was built. In 1907, Coe was accredited by the North Central Association of Colleges and Universities. In 1911, the T.M. Sinclair Memorial Chapel was built. And then in 1915 to 1918, Voorhees Quadrangle, a women's dorm, was built in two parts due to a donation by Ralph Voorhees' widow. 
1918, Helen was recruited by the Tri-Delta Sorority at Co. on August 6th, and she also became a member of the Order of the Eastern Star on August 9th. And then September 30th, Helen, who was originally of Strawberry Point, arrives at Co. College for her first year of college. She moves into the newly completed Voorhees Hall. and um, Things seem like they're going swimmingly for her. Yes. Especially after, you know, you get a little background on her. Um, Several years before, she went through bouts of illness. Oh, no. Like, she survived scarlet fever and, like, other serious illnesses. By October 9th, 1918, 200 cases of flu have already been reported in Cedar Rapids. On October 12th, the co-football team plays the University of Iowa. And spreads it further. That has more than double the cases (gasps) of Cedar Rapids. You guys wear a mask. There was no crowds in the stand, though, luckily. Oh, just the players. Just the players. Probably not wearing masks while they're playing football. No. On October 14th, Helen falls ill. Hmm. And then by October 19th, she died of pneumonia caused by the flu, right in Voorhees Hall. Mm. Some say in her dorm room, and others say she was moved to the third floor infirmary for quarantine. So either on the second or the third floor is where she actually passed away. But she lived there and died there in the building. Yes. Was sick there. Yes. And her sorority is in that building also. Like, I guess they had a, a... portion of the floor or something where unlike other campuses where they have like their own little building Mm -hmm. they just had a floor of the dorm room that i mean what's my incentive to join a sorority then isn't the whole (laughs) point to get out of the dorms and get into like yeah that was weird when i I read that i was like oh i didn't know they did that in some places although my college didn't I mean, they didn't do anything special for the fraternities or sororities. <laughs> you just, just had a dorm room with a roommate. So after her death, her family donated a grandfather clock to the college in her memory. Mm-hmm. The clock was originally placed in Voorhees Hall, but it was moved around to other residence halls over the years. Um, it was also put in Stewart Hall, which is the like the dean's office place i don't remember what it's it's got a it's got a it's got a specific name but i can't remember it off the top of my head and i didn't write it down the dean's office place yeah (laughs) and it says wherever the clock moved no people have experienced paranormal happenings and different reports to say different things. Some say it's still in the dean's office, and some say that it's back in Voorhees Hall now. I'm not sure because the last article I read about it was from 2017, mm. I think. 2017, 2018, something like that. The campus continued to expand, uh, except during the Depression when it had difficulties again. But Nobody expanded during the Depression. Uh, yes, but it, it survived, <laughs> which was a good thing. That's something. Yeah. We'll see if it if it survives uh, this. Uh, well, yeah. everyone's still learning stuff, right? So, computers, yay! <laughs> the first men's dorm, Green Hall, was built in 1938. So men had to actually like 
find like boarding rooms in the towns. They're men. They can do that. That's fine. Let them do some work for once. Commute. <laughs> I just thought that was interesting that there was actually no like housing until they were building housing for the women. I wonder what the reasoning behind that was. It's inter- it is interesting. I guess. I'm, I I, I want to say it's like because women are so fragile and they need to live on campus and the men can commute. They're fine. I think it was there was more availability of rooms that were not necessarily supervised by another woman in the house for young women to, like, go rent a room from this old cranky guy. It would be weird. Oh, yeah. And th- that was back then you needed, like, a chaperone yeah, everywhere. Yeah, kind of stuff. Be inside before the street lights. Come on. I mean, personally, I don't think I'd want to rent a room for an old cranky guy anyway. <laughs> well, no, but if the door locks, I mean... Well, no, even then, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I've stayed in some kind of sketchy motels that... Never mind. <laughs> okay. Argued against myself. Since 1989, Co has nearly doubled in size with the addition of the East Campus. And in 2017, they did a $24 million renovation on, like... Everything. That $1,500 really went a long way. Oh, no, wait. We lost all that money. We had to fundraise. <laughs> we fundraised $24 million. <laughs> yeah, I think, like, one of the things they did is, like, built a new sports complex and all this, like, fancy stuff. So the football players can continue to spread uh, flu germs yeah. to each other? 100 years later. <laughs> okay, so that was all for my history and I'm just i mean you know we learned nothing i know <laughs> absolutely nothing i got i got a tidbit of an article to read after my haunting yes <laughs> i thought it was funny that i came across uh, not not haha funny like i want to cry funny yeah like if i if i'm not laughing i'm going to cry yeah kind of funny so uh we can move on to the hauntings so since her death in 1918 Students have blamed many experiences on Helen. Before I go on, she was the only one I could find as a confirmed death on campus from the flu. I could not get any more records of how many actual cases they had and how many deaths they had from the flu. It was hard to find because, like I said, with mine, like that first month they ended with 38 deaths. Yeah. And it went on for, you know another year and a half or so so you know that there were more but it just goes to show like that the record keeping back then is not what it is today yeah and also everything was on paper stuff gets lost today it's you know the nurse walks in with a tablet and (laughs) yeah helen is blamed for like every experience at the campus so there's slamming doors and doors locking themselves, people like being locked out of their room, stomping up the stairs in the middle of the night, blankets being pulled off in the night, Mm-mm. clothes being thrown across the room, mm. pictures falling from the walls, electrical items turning on and off unexpectedly. Some claim to have seen um, the apparition of Helen standing at the corner of their bed. Or she has seen or heard wandering the halls. They don't say specifically what you hear, but just like you hear, like a, I guess a person moving around. Steps shuffling, yeah. Some have felt cold breezes blowing down the dorm hallways. 
Others would hear a piano playing in the early hours of the morning. Is there a piano? And down in the lobby, there, I don't know if there still is, but in, in Helen's time, there was a piano in the lobby. Uh, when they went down to see who was playing, no one would be there. So I guess when they heard it, it was still there. So, and no one was there. No one was there. I need that on a t-shirt. <laughs> Sometimes residents of Voorhees Hall would receive eerie phone calls from a woman whose voice they did not recognize. Did she yeah. ask them what their favorite scary movie is? No. Oh. Now, this I can see as being someone pranking people. Like, they knew they they hear the story and they're like, I'm going to call someone in Voorhees and just, like, mess with them. Mm-hmm. Just oh, yeah, because. <laughs> but it's still, like, creepy. <laughs> I wonder, though, what shows up on caller ID. Yeah. I assume they're calling landlines, though. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, I'm assuming it's, like, the dorm phone that, yeah. that you get when you go. <laughs> that you get when you go? The Like, the phone number you get oh, in your dorm okay. room. <laughs> I was like, did you get a phone in your dorm? Because I didn't. I had to bring my own, and I had to pay for my own phone line. Uh, it's rumored Helen does not approve of male visitors, and she uh, she's not afraid to let them know. Uh, oh. It doesn't say exactly what she does. I'm assuming the, like, slamming and locking the doors might have something to do with it. Wow. Get out. <laughs> Damn. No hanky-panking in my dorm. <laughs> uh, the women of Helen's sorority, Delta, 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 have the most sightings of anyone on campus. So Delta, Delta, Delta? Yeah, try Delta. <laughs> try, oh, try, oh, I see. Yeah, I was confused at first, too, and I was like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> like, I felt a thigh. I, that's the only one I know. Oh, no, that's a lie, because in Scream 2, there's Omega Beta Zeta. <laughs> uh, campus security guards have reported hearing instrumental music from closed-off sections of the campus, you know, parts of the campus that are, were under construction during their renovation period, and with no explanation, like... You know, no one should be there. <laughs> there wasn't, like, marching band practice? I wasn't thinking marching band sounds. I was thinking <laughs> more, like, strings and stuff. <laughs> you can march with a violin. I guess you could. Probably not well, but you can do it, I'm sure. <laughs> like a cello. Strap it to your torso, I guess. And we get, like, a shoulder strap. And then just... This is me playing a cello. <laughs> no one can see me, but I'm doing it in the air. It's my air cello. <laughs> da, 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 da. Air cello. Where you and the cello are invisible. <laughs> my favorite cello is limoncello. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Back to Helen. So um, there is a story that says that she appears from the clock on the anniversary of her death. Shut up! No, I don't like that. Some students claim that the clock would go off at the time of her death, which was somewhere around four in the afternoon. I can't remember where I read that. But it wasn't like on an hour. It was like 4.38 or something like that. So it's, it, it would go off. Yeah. Which is not typical of a grandfather clock. They no. Time <laughs> on the hour. And then she just, like, steps out of it. Like, she, does she, like, open the door? I'll get there. Oh, boy. 
Oh, I'm nervous. Okay. Um, and others say that she actually like lives within the clock. I definitely don't like that. <laughs> no. Dislike one star would not recommend. I would give zero stars if I could. Um, no, but as ghost stories go, it's like a 10 star. But <laughs> like imagining walking by and seeing that happen. Nope. Oh, just wait. No. Okay, so um, we have uh, an account from Kristen, which is a student. Well, she was a student at Co. at the time of this article. She might have graduated by now. She lives in the room where Helen died. No. So either well, either Helen's actual dorm room or the um, infirmary got changed into dorm rooms. But either way, Kristen lives there. She had no idea about... Helen or hauntings at Co. before she moved in. So uh, she tells of some experiences she's had. Wall hangings falling to the floor. Clothes placed on top of a wardrobe, like far back from the edge, being strewn across the floor. The wardrobe doors, um, they would shut and then they would swing wide open. Helen hates her clothing style. (laughs) Kristen said that when these things happen... They are accompanied by the sound of glass shattering on the floor. Even though the entire dorm room and hall and stuff is carpeted. (laughs) Glass shattering. That's interesting. If she like dropped a glass as she was getting sick or something. Or like maybe she was so weak she dropped. Because I'm just trying to figure out like what the significance of breaking glass might be. Mm -hmm. Or she was like delirious with fever and was wandering around, knocked something over. Yeah. I don't know. Or a boy was trying to get her attention and tossing stones at the window and broke it. <laughs> That's why she doesn't like male visitors. That could be. It very well could be. I mean, yeah, she was there for, you know, a month before she died. Whole month. Awful. Sucks. Now, the good story? <laughs> <laughs> I love that that was a question. Well, because, I mean, it wasn't good for who it happened to, but it was... It's the juicy one. Yeah. It's the good for us one. It's the the fun one. Yeah, so... Fun story of death and suffering. Cool. uh, And it was on a Halloween night. Yes! Campus security received a call from Stuart Hall. A young woman was severely distraught and no one could calm her down. The officers arrived and she was in near hysterics... So they called an ambulance and sent her off to the hospital, and they questioned the other people that were there. So her friend said, um, well, you know, it's kind of just started out as a prank. Uh They dared her to walk down the empty corridor of Stuart Hall and touch Helen's clock. No! Oh, my God, this poor girl. Okay. And she, you know, accepted the challenge. I mean, honestly, I would probably do it too. Without any problem. And a few minutes later, they heard her screaming and she came running down the corridor and, you know, then they called, they couldn't like calm her down. So they had to call security and like, we don't know what to do. <laughs> How great would it be if that was like her prank on them? <laughs> Unfortunately, no. Oh. Uh, Later at the hospital, when the girl calmed down, she recounted her side of the story. Uh Uh-oh. She remembered that the clock had looked perfectly normal. 
And she was like smiling to herself like, this is so easy. I'm going to like show them. There's nothing to it. She reached out and slapped the clock. Oh, she slapped Gen- the- gently though, like you know. Oh, like it was like whatever. Come on, I would come out of my hidden clock room too and haunt you if you slapped my home. Uh, when she did, so, this is how it's stated: someone, dot dot dot, something, dot dot dot. I'm already having chills. Oh my god! Actually, walked out of no. the clock uh-uh. and then passed right through her. No. Oh god. It was cold. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just so mind-numbingly frigid. Mm-hmm. She didn't remember much after that. You okay? <laughs> that was scary. Ah, uh, okay. So I got the time wrong of her death. Uh-huh. So there's a little blurb okay. here. Blurb away. <laughs> so in the year 2000, a team from a an online newspaper, the Gazette, uh, set up a webcam aimed at the grandfather clock to uh, try to catch the phenomena of it going off or her coming out of the clock. Uh, the time is 2.43 of her death, 2.43 in the afternoon. And that is not a time that the clock should be going off no. at all. <laughs> they did not give any information of what happened. Like if they found anything. Yeah, um, but they also put together a seance with a Ouija board Hmm. to try to summon Helen's spirit. Mm -mm. They asked 15 questions. They only got two responses. So I don't know. That's about part. Like if you're doing an EVP, you know, how many answers do you get to all the questions that you ask? Well, it says that um, she answered that she was stuck at the college, but she was not looking for her diary. So I guess those are two questions they asked. Are you stuck here? And are you looking for your diary? I did not get any indications of any stories about her looking for a diary. Like Maybe it's hidden inside of a wall. <laughs> maybe. Maybe that's why she's throwing things all around the room, looking for her diary. She's looking for trash in the room because her diary is there somewhere. Where did you put it? So that was it for The Hauntings of Helen at Coe College. And now I have a little article. Oh, good. This is this is only like a paragraph from the whole article. Okay. I just think uh, we should read this. Okay. This is from October 20th, 2017. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm... Little Village. You guys, I don't know what this is. This, this, is, a, me. this is a newspaper from Iowa City, Cedar Rapids. The 1918 pandemic killed 50 million people worldwide, according to most estimates. That era's medical science was largely powerless against it, and there's no reason to feel safe just because medicine has advanced in the last 99 years. Experts agree that another lethal flu pandemic is almost inevitable, and that whatever flu strain is able to spread worldwide will be resistant to current treatments. I just thought I'd share that with everyone. That aged well. It's it's kind of... I mean, it's a horrible, terrible, awful situation that we're in in our world right now. But it's kind of, if you can separate yourself from it Mm -hmm. for a moment, it's kind of amusing. Uh, I use that term loosely because it's not, you know, it's really terrible. Mm -hmm. But so many warnings. And uh, I mean, like going back to like even, you know, right before the outbreak started, even in China, like a month before you had politicians here tweeting out about how, cause the, 
like that's the thing that's going around right now. If you're not in the U.S., I don't know how much of this you see or not. Um, I know if you are in the U.S. and you're on social media, you're probably seeing it every day. But the screenshots of like tweets and posts and and all that stuff, like they make the rounds and they're dated, mm-hmm. like they're time stamped, and it's from a month before the outbreak started initially or a year before or however long but you know mm-hmm. no one i almost said no one could have predicted this but clearly it was predicted but it's like all along those lines though mm-hmm. we are unprepared we are not ready like it's going to come sometime yes. and the like our government unfortunately like they they don't really put much stake in science and facts and um did everything they could to take away the protections that we did have, like mm-hmm. um, our our membership in the World Health Organization and all these, like there was like an entire like pandemic response team dismantled. And like, you know, it's like, it's so sad. It's out of, for what? Just vengeance, like vengeance for what? Like, how were you harmed? Like you mm-hmm. had to pay more than $750 in taxes? Like boo fucking who? I, <laughs> it's just like, it's so ridiculous. And like, all I can do is laugh and make jokes. Cause it's, it's so terrible mm-hmm. that it's like, well, what else can I do? Like, it's so ridiculous. Like yeah. the situation that we're in, like it absolutely could have been manageable. And even looking at other countries around the world and how they've responded and like what their numbers are. And it like, I said I wasn't going to get political, <laughs> but it's so hard not to. And yes. it's not even just – it's not politics at this point. Mm-hmm. Like I had this argument with – not really an argument, but this discussion with somebody the other day where they were like, you know, it's not that serious. It's just politics. Like, no, it's not just politics at this point anymore. Mm-hmm. It's it's so much more than that. It's it's our well-being. It's our health. It's our safety. It's our, it's our lives. Like, it's literally our lives. Yeah. Like, they're, they're literally, like, killing us So or doing what they can to, you know – like cause our deaths so it's like it's what is what is life so it's like that article it's just one more thing like in the pile of we were warned like it was coming Mm -hmm. like not this specifically obviously but something something's on the horizon like it happened before it's gonna happen again and like when i was saying through mine like it's like we learned nothing it's not that we learned nothing it's i think it's that we are disregarding what we have learned Mm -hmm. um for the sake of convenience which is utterly disgusting to me and i think most americans yeah but the ones that are getting publicized are the ones that are you know the thing that struck me was like I've saw different things like that. Like, you know, the earth has a cycle. It goes through different things. And, you know, there's times when, you know, bunches of people die for different things. But this article specifically said there's going to be another flu, like specifically flu. And I'm like, I mean, there's so much to say about it. But I mean, for the sake of keeping it entertaining, we really shouldn't get deep into it. Um so especially because especially now when we have like just after this weekend we have this giant election coming and Halloween is canceled and ruined and I'm so sad and <laughs> no haunted houses this year. I miss haunted houses so much that I have so I have the Oculus, the yeah. Oculus Quest. It's a it's a VR headset if you guys don't know. I downloaded Five Nights at Freddy's oh. for it. So let me tell you real quick, <laughs> this game was thirty fucking dollars. I got it on sale. What was on? I had a I had a discount code. Whatever. I got it. I got money off of it. 
it's still fucking expensive to not play it. So the first time I played Five Nights at Freddy's was on my phone yeah. on an airplane yeah. with noise canceling headphones. <laughs> and I know you know this story. I <laughs> the first jump scare got me so bad i screamed out loud and threw my phone against the seat in front of me it bounced back and i swatted it and the seat like it went flying and everyone's staring because it's a fucking airplane we're like thirty thousand feet in the air and everyone's staring at me because you know is she a psycho is she gonna kill us all like what's happening like, no just a phone game so my dumbass didn't learn talking about not learning from past <laughs> experiences but i'm like i miss haunted houses want a haunted house so i've been looking through like all the horror games because i've played a bunch of them so i'm looking for ones i haven't played yet that look decent because it's hard to find someone sometimes the graphics are not great and they're glitchy and they're not great the game itself is not great but I'm like five nights at freddy's you can't go wrong with that i dude i couldn't get past the main menu <laughs> okay so okay hold on let me set the scene so it's vr right yeah this headset on no matter where you look you're immersed like you are immersed Mm -hmm. into i know it's immersed but you're immersed into this environment and it's dark Mm -hmm. i didn't even have headphones on i was like i'm just not gonna play with headphones it'll be fine It was not fine. My first mistake was standing in the middle of the room. I need to sit down with my back on something like the couch or, or a wall or so, because you get that feeling of like somebody's behind me yeah. and you turn around and you're still, you have the headset on so you can't, but I get that feeling like somebody's in the room with me and I need to look and I start freaking out. So you get to the main menu and it's dark. It's very dimly lit, but you're in, you remember Chuck E. Cheese? Mm-hmm. You remember Chuck E. Cheese? Yeah. So it's like you're in the, uh, the theater section right so it's all like animatronic Mm -hmm. things and there's like it's like a cafeteria it's like the party room right so they have the stage with the animatronics and then you got tables behind you and then there's like the pizza counter way at the other end of the room but it's like hard to see back there because it's dark Mm -hmm. so you can see your immediate area and you kind of see shapes and shadows in the background so like the first thing i do so it comes up you do like this like kind of pre pre-game it's almost like a little ride like you're sitting in a little car and you're on a track and you're going through and waiting for something to pop out of me it's like going through like the history of freddy fazbear's and you know don't worry about all the reports of the deaths and everything that's not true it's all like (laughs) highly embellished and that's not what happened and we're all about safety and even though you may feel like you're in danger just remember you're totally safe it's just a game and i'm like you're not (laughs) so anyways you're on this track you're going through and it's giving you this speech and these billboards are like it's pitch black but these billboards light up like on the sides of you so i'm waiting for something to pop out from behind the billboard right no that totally fine like worried for nothing so then i relax and the main menu that's always the safest point of any game is the main menu <laughs> no not anymore friends <laughs> i'm this is how much of a smelly fucking chicken shit i am and i think the only reason i chicken out was because i had that the exit button in my hand like if it was like real life if it was like an actual like haunted house i'd be going through it crying probably but uh, <laughs> so main menu so all the characters are like lined up in front of me mm-hmm. and it's vr so they look kind of fucking real and um but whatever you know they're they're shut down i'm at the main menu i'm fine i'm safe i'm not playing <laughs> so i'm going through and i'm like acclimating myself to the options and i hear movement behind me <laughs> Uh-oh. so i turn and look and i screamed 
because Foxy, <laughs> tall giant boxing, is suddenly because I did a scan of the room mm-hmm. and it was empty. Well, Foxy's suddenly like twenty feet behind me. <laughs> oh, you're here! I screamed like I screamed out loud. I didn't throw the controller though, so that's something. So, okay, <laughs> cool. You're here. I'm just gonna start the game now. So I turn back to the main menu. I hear no. First of all, I turn around. And I don't know for sure, but I swear Freddy is a little bit closer to me than he had been. I don't know that for sure. That could be my brain playing tricks on me. So then I'm about to start the game. I have my little virtual finger hovering over the thing. And it's like you have to hold it for a second Mm -hmm. to make sure that you're actually trying to click it. And it like loads. Uh, As that's happening, I hear a noise like right here. I'm pointing to like right behind my ear, you guys. And I start to turn, and I see, like, the edge of Foxy right there. And I screamed, and I ripped the thing off my head. And I was like, nope, I'll play later. (laughs) Um, It was nighttime, so I'm like, I'll play during the day when it's bright out when that doesn't even matter because I have a VR headset (laughs) over my eyes and I can't see anything anyway. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) That's, like, my one thing this year is, like, I always go to Universal for Horror Nights. Yeah. And... They're not, they're doing a virtual one though. They're doing it online. You can watch like the video walkthroughs, which could be fun. I'd probably do that. But yeah, normally I'd be down at, at Universal right now screaming at scare actors in their face. <laughs> I've been a scare actor. It's a compliment. So scream. Whenever you go to a haunted house, always scream at them. Always, always, always. Makes them feel so good. Promise. <laughs> Promise. Music to my ears. Anyway. I just had one last little thing. Yes. So during the course of my research, I came across a a book about the 1918 flu pandemic and a girl that uh, gets an ability to see ghosts somehow. Cool. This is fiction? Yes, fiction. It's called In the Shadow of Blackbirds. It's interesting. I see you're almost finished with it. Uh, Yes, I'm not quite done yet. So I'm not sure. I have a theory of what's going on. is like two pages from the end. (laughs) I have a theory about what's going on. But I'm not sure if it's right yet. <laughs> but it's interesting how, like, they write about how things are going on in the town that she's in. She's actually, she's in San Francisco or San Diego. She's in California. About, like, just the, like, the way the world is at the time. Like, schools are shut down, things like that. Like, she had to go go to a funeral and like they are burning these like frankincense or something like over coal braziers like buckets of coals like burning stuff like making this weird blue fog or smoke throughout the whole room to like combat the the germs so they're supposed to like cleanse the air or something yeah like so like at the funeral homes they have that and like at the library she went to the library to get some books and like they had them all over the library and just make it all eerie and everyone's wearing these. They call them gauze masks. And I'm mm-hmm. not sure what exactly. Because like, I'm positive it's not like the gauze that we have now that's really like meshy. No, no. I'm assuming it's, it's not, more like, they're like, like they're cotton like, fabric. Yeah, they're like cloth masks. <laughs> but it was just like they keep calling gauze masks. And I yeah. keep thinking like, that's not going to help. <laughs> but like. You know, just different things like that. It keeps your wound clean. It can keep your face clean. And, like, 
things about soldiers coming back from the war and different stuff like that. It's interesting. It just gives a whole another atmosphere to like the research I did, like how they were actually like quarantined at the school and, you know, they were probably doing some of this stuff to try to like combat the disease, like eating a whole bunch of garlic and onions mm-hmm. to like kill them somehow and stuff. And cause that's all they knew. Yeah. Um, I don't know about onions, so I can't speak to that one way or another, but garlic is actually um, not a cure-all, but it it has properties that are good for combating uh, or for supporting your um, immune system. I don't know, but she's like, her aunt keeps feeding her like onion stews and stuff. Like, she's like, at one point she was having an experience with the spirit and like, she woke up from it and she was all sweaty and she's like, my sweat smelled like onions. <laughs> it's like, Oh, that's awful. I know. It was just like, ew. So in the shadow of blackbirds, it's a, uh, it's a good book. Who's the author? Uh, cat winters. Cat spelled like the animal cat. Meow. <laughs> so, uh, that was our pandemic episode. That was our pandemic episode. Um, thank you to probably Andy. <laughs> Probably Andy. So we try to keep it lighthearted, um, but it's still a pandemic out there. So, you know, don't be dumb because we don't want to tell your story on our show. Um, We want you to listen to our show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Not be featured unless you're a guest host. Yes. Or whatever. Um, Anyways, um, wash your hands. Sanitize. Wear your mask. Don't be an idiot or an asshole. Don't be an asshole idiot. That's the worst thing, I think. And our hearts go out to anybody who has been affected by COVID, by the pandemic, whether you were sick or you, God forbid, lost a loved one or are experiencing any kind of hardship. We joke and laugh and and everything, but... Um, Helps us stay sane. <laughs> yeah, we're we're not unaffected. So, you know, we wish you all the best and be safe. Wear your mask. And if you live in the U.S., vote. Yes, definitely. ASAP. Go now. Go, go now. Vote to the polls. Oh, and thanks for potting with us. I'm like, <laughs> I'm forgetting something. How do we close? Jesus, a worldwide pandemic, and I forget how to do a podcast. I was, I was going to, <laughs> I was going to listen to our last episode to like refresh myself on how we did oh. it. <laughs> and I forgot. I was too busy. That never even